Good morning, friends. Uh, it is really a delight uh, to share with you uh, in worship here. You've had two South Africans here on two Sundays, and you're allowed to pray, Lord, have mercy on us. <laughs> but it really is a delight to be with you. Uh, I come from South Africa. I come from a town which most probably you haven't heard of called Benoni. And the only claim to fame that Benoni has is that that is the birthplace of the Academy Award-winning actress uh, Charlize Theron. She comes from the same town that I come from. <laughs> but I do want to say thank you uh, to your leadership team, to, to David, uh, just for this uh, opportunity and for this privilege of being able to be with you and to allow my heart uh, to speak, I pray, to your heart uh, today. And I'm going to ask you to stand as you're able as we listen for the gospel reading, which comes from Matthew chapter 3. I'm going to read from verses 13 to 17. Listen now for God's word to yourself. And then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, God. Friends, have you noticed that in the, in, in the English language there are three words that we use often? Uh, we use them when someone sneezes. We use them perhaps when we're saying goodbye to someone that we love. We use them sometimes to sign off a birthday greeting or a Christmas cards. Sometimes we even use these words with strangers on a plane or on a train. Sometimes the minister uses them when he wants to bring a conversation with a parishioner to a close quickly. He will quickly <laughs> say these words. Perhaps we can say them together as a community today. God bless you. Now, I begin, friends, on that very, very simple note because our theme today is both simple and yet also profound. Blessing others as we have been blessed. Blessing is a huge theme in the Bible. Have you noticed that? God is constantly, constantly in the business of blessing from Genesis, from creation onwards. 
God blesses, God blesses again and again and again generously. And yet, friends, will you notice that God's blessing is never for its own sake? Never. That whenever God pours out blessing upon God's people, those people are called to be a blessing as they themselves have been blessed. And that dynamic is written into the whole of the story of Scripture. Come with me, just for a moment. Come with me to the baptism of Jesus. Uh, one scholar whom I respect says that the baptism of Jesus is the prototype of all blessing. Come with me to that moment. It's, it's, it's a significant moment in the life of Jesus. He goes down to the River Jordan, and he goes into that river along with the riffraff of all of humanity, the wretched of the earth. And it's a wonderful picture for me of Jesus identifying himself deeply with us. And he goes into the, he goes into the River Jordan to be, to be baptized by John the Baptizer. I never call him John the Baptist because then the Baptists think they've got an edge on us. <laughs> You know, can, can you imagine, can you imagine if we said John the Methodist or John the Episcopalian? It just wouldn't be allowed. He goes into the river, and then you've almost got to slow down your reading of the text. As Jesus' head comes out of the water, isn't that a beautiful picture of rebirth, of new beginnings, as his head comes out of the water. There is a voice from heaven. Heaven, heaven is, heaven is not later and far away. Bet Midler gets it wrong from a distance. Lovely song, terrible theology, <laughs> terrible theology. Heaven is very, very close. And from heaven, Jesus hears a voice, you are my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. One biblical scholar says those are words of blessing. It's almost as if the Father is saying to Jesus, you, you are my blessed child in whom I delight. Now that's not the end of the story because that moment now launches Jesus into ministry. As the blessed one, he now brings blessing through his presence, through words, deeds, death, resurrection. He brings blessing now to everyone that he meets. Especially to the unblessed. Especially. And I want to suggest, friends, today that as we gather together here in worship, as we identify ourselves with Jesus, may I suggest that that calling rests upon us as well, individually and corporately as a congregation. 
bringing blessing as we have been blessed. Now, how do we do that? We can't run around to everyone saying, God bless you, 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 God bless you too. Can't, we can't do that. We can't do that. It, that's, that's to empty it of all meaning. Blessing is something richer, deeper, much more powerful. Can I just for a few moments whet your appetite, grow your imagination around this word blessing? To bless someone is to see them. It's to actually see them. Has it ever struck you how often Jesus opens blind eyes in the Gospels? It's almost as if the Gospel writers want to, to get it into our hearts and minds that when Christ touches our lives, we begin to see differently. John Newton, slave trader, do you remember, writes the words of amazing grace. You've sung them often. I once was lost. But now I'm found. The story doesn't end there. What's his next line? I was blind, but now I see. And suddenly slaves became human beings, and he became a wonderful force for liberation in God's purposes. Because he began to see differently. That's what Christ does. We get it wrong. We sing songs like, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, and all the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. No. No. Strangely clear. Christ is the light of the world. He lights up my vision so that I can see more clearly the beauty, the brutality of this world, the heartache and the heartbreak, the passion and the pathos. He helps us to see differently. We long to be seen, don't we? We long to be seen. Those of you with children, what do they say to you? Daddy, watch me. Mom, look at me. We want to be seen. It's a deep hunger. My son, I remember he's 28 now, but I remember six years of age he was playing, and I know that you don't understand this game. He was playing the game of cricket. Americans don't get it. You can play that game for five days and end in a draw. <laughs> he was playing, and he was coming in to bowl. He took, and he bowled this person out. Now, when you take a bowl someone out, one of the first things you do is you run around and you high-five all your other players. You know, I watched him. He came in, he bowled. He took the guy out. You know, the first thing that my son did was that he turned to the grandstand to see if I was watching him. He wanted to be seen. And when kids are not seen, they will act out. And you know that, and I know that. Can we begin to see? An elderly lady stops me in the car park just before coming here, and she says to me these words. Just listen carefully. She says to me, you know, Trevor, as I grow older, I feel I become more invisible to those around about me. Who are the invisible ones in your circle? Who, are the in, who have become invisible, invisible? 
To bless people is to see them. Parents bless children by seeing them. A teacher blesses students by seeing them. A manager blesses employers by, by, by seeing them. A minister blesses a congregation by seeing them. When you go to a good restaurant, the owner blesses you by coming to your table and seeing you. To bless is to see. But can, can, can we go a bit, bit further, a bit deeper, bit deeper? To bless someone, to truly bring blessing, is to be, is to be genuinely and responsively present to that person in that moment. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed how present Jesus was to people? He's in a crowd. Someone touches his cloak. Who was it? Who was that? Who was that? It's, there's this capacity. It's a wonderful capacity to be genuinely, genuinely, and responsively present. We lose that capacity in our own lives, in our fast world. We use it when we lose that capacity, sometimes when we're very young. I remember in the classroom, as a six or a seven-year-old, the teacher going through all the names, and you had to say, present, present, present. And my name was called, and I would say, present. But let me tell you, I wasn't present. I was absent. <laughs> Interior immigration had taken place. <laughs> I get that feeling sometimes when I preach as well. I get the glazed look, and I know interior immigration has taken place. Just to be genuinely present to another human being. It's hard, you know, in a fast, fast world. I sometimes smile to myself when I come to America because um, people will say to me, Hey, Trevor, how are you doing? And I'm just about to tell my story, and the person's gone already. <laughs> you know, when I go back to South Africa, I always say to the Lord, Lord, you know, I'm on the plane. I've been present to people now. I'm tired. I need a break. Lord, will you please ensure there's no one sitting next to me on the plane? Please. He's never answered that prayer. Uh, and, and... Every time, well, not every time, but almost every time, I find myself in the midst of a mission team <laughs> coming to our country. And I love the infectious enthusiasm, you know, and, the, and, and the, the kind of energy. It really touches me very, very deeply. And then I'll, I'll go undercover and I'll say, what are you coming to South Africa for? And I say, I know we're coming to help, come to build a school, we're coming to evangelize South Africans. And then there's a part of me that wishes someone would say, we're coming just to be present with you, just to hear your story, to be with you. Because that's what it means to bring blessing. To bless someone is to simply be with another person in a way that's genuine and also responsive. But can I go one step further? Can I say one more thing? To bless is to see. To bless is to be deeply, deeply present. To bless someone 
is to speak good words over their lives. Good words. That's what happened to Jesus. The Father spoke good words over his life. You, you are my blessed one. You are my child whom I love. I delight in you. Those were words of blessing. And we become that. We become that when, when in a world of cursing, I'm often struck by how much cursing there is in society across the divides. I don't mean swearing or expletives. I don't mean that. I just mean the way we speak to each other across political divides and sexual divides and church divides. Words are more than words. They carry power, spiritual power. And some of us have been deeply cursed. You're no good. You'll never make it. You'll never be a success. You're too fat. You're too thin. And those words cut deep. And they injure. And they hurt. Can we speak blessing? Can we speak good over the lives of another? Maybe to go home today and you're with someone that you really love. And to say to that person, to say to that person before they die, I really, really appreciate you. To maybe extend your words of blessing. Jesus says, bless those who curse you. That's stretching it. Bless those who curse you. Don't get caught up in the, in, the, in the violent cycle of cursing. Break the cycle. And we break it by blessing. I want to end with a story. And I share it with you. And then I would like to extend a blessing to you today. And the story is told by one of my favorite people. He died a few years ago, a Roman Catholic priest. Uh, his name is Henry Nowen. Uh, Henry Nowen studied at, I need to be careful now when I say this, three of the top universities uh, in the United States. He lectured at Yale. He lectured at Harvard. And he lectured at Notre Dame. And then after a very distinguished career uh, with a, a, an amazing intellect, he decided to spend the last 15 years of his life in a little community with adults of special needs. People who could never appreciate his intellect, but who wanted his heart. And in one of his books, he tells a story, and I just want to read it to you. And I, it, just listen to it. Not long ago, he says, in my own community, I had a personal experience of the power of a real blessing. Shortly before I started a prayer service in one of our houses, Janet, a handicapped member of our community, said to me, Father Henry, will you give me a blessing? And I responded in a somewhat automatic way by tracing with my thumb the sign of the cross on her forehead. Instead of being grateful, she protested vehemently. That doesn't work. <laughs> I want a real blessing. And I suddenly became aware of the ritualistic quality of my response to her request. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
I'll give you a real blessing tonight when we meet after our prayer service. And she nodded with a smile. And I realized that something very special was being required of me that night. After the service, when about 30 people were sitting in a circle on the floor, I said to the group, Janet has asked me for a special blessing. She feels she needs that now. And as I was saying that, I had no idea what Janet really wanted. But Janet didn't leave me in any doubt. As soon as I had said, Janet has asked me for a special blessing, Janet got up, she stood up, and she walked towards me. I was wearing a long white robe with ample sleeves covering my hands as well as my arms. Spontaneously, Janet put her arms around me, and she put her head against my chest. And without thinking, I covered her with my sleeves so that she almost vanished in the folds of my robes. And as we held her, I said, Janet, I want you to know that you're God's beloved daughter. And you are precious in God's eyes and your beautiful smile and your kindness to all the people in this house and all the good things you do show us what a beautiful, beautiful human being you are. And I know that you feel a little low these days and that there is a lot of pain in your heart, but I want you to know who you are. You're a special special person deeply loved by God and all the people who are here with you. And as I said those words, Janet raised her head, and she looked at me, and her broad smile showed that she had really heard and received the blessing. When she returned to her place, Jane, another handicapped woman, raised her hand and said, I want one of those too. (laughs) And she stood up, and before I knew it, she'd put her face against my chest. And after I'd spoken words of blessing to her, every one of the handicapped people in that room came to me expressing the same desire to be blessed. The most touching moment came when a 24-year-old student, university student, raised his hand and said, what about me? Sure, I said, come. He came, and as we stood before each other, I put my arms around him. And I said, John, it is good that you are here. You're God's beloved. And your presence is a joy for all of us. And when things are hard and life is burdensome, always remember that you are loved with an everlasting love. And as I spoke those words, he looked at me with tears in his eyes and he said, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I'm not a Catholic priest and I'm not wearing a long white robe. But will you allow me today to speak a blessing into your life? And can I ask you to receive it today into the depths of your own being? I want to say to you, friends, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you are God's beloved. No matter who you are, what you've done, where you've come from, you are God's beloved. Your existence, your very existence is a sign of God's love for you. God wants you to be here in this world. And you have been fashioned in your mother's womb by a great love, fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are loved by name. And you are called by name. 
and your name has been written, it has been tattooed, it has been tattooed into the crucified hands of Christ, that in Him you are loved and accepted and welcomed and forgiven, and that there is nothing in all of creation, in this world or the next, in the heights or the depths, there is nothing that can ever separate you or me from that love in Jesus Christ. You are God's beloved. Receive that blessing today and move into your world and become an agent of that blessing to every human being you meet, especially those who feel unblessed. God bless you, friends. God bless you. Amen.